Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Samsplaining Science. I'm Sam, I'm your host, I'll be Samsplaining the Science, and today we're talking about gratitude, my dudes. Let's get into it. Hi everyone, how are ya? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, thanks for asking. I hope you guys had a nice Thanksgiving. This should be coming out the Friday after Thanksgiving, so I hope you all had a nice one if you celebrate. Um, I figured on the theme of Thanksgiving that this episode would be about gratitude um, because Thanksgiving is a holiday all about giving thanks and appreciation, um, among other things. So (laughs) I wanted to talk about gratitude today because practicing gratitude is not only a nice thing to do for other people, but it can also benefit the person who is practicing it as well. So we're going to talk about that on today's episode. So let's get to today's questions. The first question is, what is gratitude? And the second question is, how does gratitude impact our brains? So gratitude, according to Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, is the state of being grateful. Um, Basically, it's showing appreciation, thankfulness for something or someone in your life. And there's a bunch of different ways to practice gratitude. Um, So... The list includes recognizing the good in the day-to-day, which, don't get me wrong, I understand, can be really hard sometimes to, like, find good things. When it feels like everything is going wrong and, like, feels like everyone's against you and nothing can go right in your life, it's hard to find things that are good sometimes. Um, But gratitude can start small, right? And then you can build from there. So... If you're having, I don't know, a rough morning or something, you can say, well, I'm grateful for my breakfast sandwich. And then you can build from there and say, well, I'm grateful to the guy at the deli who made my breakfast sandwich. I'm thankful that I have a job that pays me money, enough money so that I can pay for my breakfast sandwich and so on. So I know it sounds sort of like overwhelming, like, oh my God, what can I be grateful for when You know, it seems like everything is going wrong, but you can start small. It doesn't have to be, like, meaningful. It could be, I am thankful for this bacon, egg, and cheese, and that's that. Um, That's gratitude. Because you can also go past just the sandwich itself and go, like, how did I get the sandwich? Who had to do things in order for me to get the sandwich, right? The chicken had to lay the eggs. Thank you, chicken. Hen, right? How does... I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. Anyway, so that's one, recognizing the good in your day-to-day life. Um, Other practices include making lists of things that you're grateful for. So I'm grateful for my breakfast sandwich. I'm grateful for my coffee. I'm thankful for, um, you know, my friends and my family and making lists to sort of remind you. Because you can always refer back to that list when you feel like, oh my God, nothing's going right. But at least I have bacon, egg, and cheeses. At least I have caffeine. At least I have, you know, friends that 
I can depend on and family that loves me and blah, 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 all that stuff. Making out a list, it can put it into an organized way for you to reference and say, oh yeah, I do have a lot of things I can be grateful for. Um, on a similar note, you can write that list in a gratitude journal. Um, if you feel like maybe elaborating more and saying, I'm grateful for my family because, you know, and then list out why. Instead of just making a list and saying grateful for family, with a gratitude journal, you can elaborate and, you know, really get down into the, the feelings of appreciation. Um, another one listed here is gratitude jar, which is kind of similar to a gratitude journal. Um, but I think it's more fun. I had a gratitude jar when I was in grad school and I'm actually, um, gonna bring it back out. This inspired me to bring it back out, dust it off because it's fun. It's like basically a Mason jar and <clears throat> you can decorate it. I decorated mine. You can decorate it, make it like, you know, fun and appealing. Um, but basically you just take little scraps of paper and like whenever you think of something that you're grateful for, you write it on the scrap of paper and then you toss it into the gratitude jar and then you can see like the jar fill up with things that you're grateful for. So I remember I had it in grad school um, and I would have like little sticky notes on my desk and I would rip one off and I would write the date and I would write what I was thankful for. And I have a feeling that a lot of those were like thankful for coffee, thankful for free lunch, thankful for, I don't know, those are the really, those are the things that stick out to me in grad school really are just coffee and free lunch. So um, you know, it, like I said, it doesn't have to be these like super meaningful, deep things that you're thankful for. It's just like, oh, I'm thankful for these little things. Um, but then as you put it in the jar, as you like put the little scraps of paper in the jar, you can see it like fill up and then it's like, wow, I do have a lot of things I'm grateful for. It's another like visual reminder of the good things in life. So I highly recommend the gratitude jar. I used it for a while and I moved and then I packed it away and I never unpacked it. But I'm going to bring it out again because it's a, it's a good way to remind yourself of the good things. Um, the last gratitude practice that I have listed here is meditation. We did an episode on meditation and basically meditation is just taking time to focus on something, right? And that focus can be on the breath, it could be on an idea, and it could be on something that you're grateful for. So um, meditation is another good way to practice gratitude. Next, I wanted to talk about a couple of the benefits of gratitude. Um, this is from WhartonHealthcare.org, which is the UPenn, University of Pennsylvania affiliate. Um, they had a nice article that summarized the health benefits of gratitude. So I'm just going to run through those kind of quickly. They cite studies that show these health benefits, but I'm not going to go into detail on those studies today. Um, but the article is linked in the description if you'd like to read more. So firstly, <clears throat> excuse me. So firstly, some studies suggest that regular practice of gratitude and optimistic feelings predict good heart health, meaning that people who 
have regular practices of gratitude tend to have lower cardiovascular disease and events. In addition to good heart health, many studies looking at gratitude um, show that gratitude is associated with better mental well-being. So this includes lower depression and lower rates of post-traumatic stress. Some studies also show that people who regularly kept gratitude journals had fewer health complaints, um, they spent more time exercising, and they had lower levels of stress hormones. So with a regular practice of gratitude, there are things that are leaning towards improved overall general health. And then finally, studies show that in the workplace, gratitude can improve work environments and improve productive professional relationships. And that kind of makes sense, right? I think if you're in the workplace and you tell someone that you're working with, oh, like, I'm really, I really appreciate your help on this, or I really am thankful for your input or your feedback or whatever, that helps, I guess, build a professional connection and it helps establish a relationship of respect, um, which leads to a better work environment and, um, you know, can build those professional relationships. So it's not just physical and like mental health, it's also uh, better for like environmental health in the workplace. Okay, so that's question one, what is gratitude? Hopefully that little ramble can uh, provide some context as to what gratitude is, how we can practice it, and how it can benefit us. So the next question, question two, is how does gratitude impact our brains? And we're gonna talk about a research article that was published in 2015 by a group from uh, University of Southern California. The study was led by Dr. Glenn R. Fox, and they looked at the neural correlates of gratitude. The paper is cited and linked in the description below if you wanna take a look, if you wanna follow along. I'm pretty sure it's open source, so you should be able to like just open it in your browser and like look through it. Um, we love when that happens. Um, but the aim of this study, the goal, what they wanted to do is they wanted to find out what's going on in the brain during gratitude practice. When someone is feeling gratitude, what parts of the brain are lighting up, essentially? What, what parts of the brain are activated when we're practicing gratitude? And so to study this, they used the functional MRI or fMRI technology, which I think we've talked about a couple of times on the show. Um, but basically it is an MRI technique. So it's like an MRI scanner, a magnet that uses the blood oxygen level dependent or the BOLD signal, B-O-L-D signal. And from this signal, they can tell which regions of the brain are activated or lighting up because this signal tells them where oxygen is being delivered to in the brain and where there's oxygen being delivered there's oxygen being used, and we use oxygen when we're um, in a state of needing energy. So um, we use the bold signal as a way to infer which regions of the brain are activated 
or lighting up. So we're going to start by walking through the experimental design first, um, and then we'll get into the results. But the experimental design is sort of like complicated. I don't know if it's like super complicated, but it's just there's a lot going on. So I figure we'll walk through it slowly first, and then we'll get into the results and what the study tells us. Um, the paper has a couple of figures that talk about the study design. So if you'd like to follow along, like I said, the link is in the episode description. Um, Cause I think that might be helpful to like understand what's going on here. Okay. So during this study, um, they wanted to look at the brains of people as they were practicing gratitude. Instead of leaving the participants to their own devices and saying like, oh, well, what are you thankful for? And having them think about what they're thankful for in the scanner. Instead, they created a scenario in which all of the participants would feel gratitude by proxy, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but essentially they created a condition and said like, it was like a hypothetical and they're like, if this happened to you, would you feel grateful, essentially? And those hypotheticals were based on true accounts of Holocaust survivors. So during this study, the researchers created first-person narratives based on the stories from Holocaust survivors. And these stories were housed in the USC, uh, University of Southern California's Shoah Foundation archive. Um, so in these accounts, Holocaust survivors told their story, and some parts of their story had points at which they were they received either shelter or food or help from somebody. And they the the survivors themselves felt very strong feelings of gratitude for these gifts. So part of the study, included the participants watching these accounts and and uh, sort of placing themselves in the time and in the mindset of somebody who is going through the worst possible imaginable situation, right? Um, and hearing firsthand these accounts. Then from these accounts, the research group adapted the stories into a first-person narrative. And this first-person narrative was read to the participant while they were in the scanner. So basically the participant gets oriented with the time and the, the stories of the Holocaust and then gets into an MRI scanner where they read prompts about that that are relevant to hypothetical situations if they were going through the Holocaust, right? So the example that's on the screen here is a farmer provides refuge to your family on a cold winter night. The next day, Germans storm his house, force your family out of hiding, and burn his farmland. So that's a hypothetical situation that a, a research participant would read while they're in the MRI scanner. And then there would be a reflection screen, which is basically 12 seconds of nothing, where you're just supposed to think about that situation and reflect and be like, how does that make you feel? 
And then there's a response screen, which is how grateful do, do you feel for that particular situation with one being a little grateful and four being a lot grateful, a lot grateful, very grateful, whatever. So from one to four with four being the most grateful. And then they answer that question and they repeat this, um, I believe 12 times. They have 12 different prompts that they'll read during the scan and um, rate their gratitude level of that situation all the while the researchers are getting bold signals across their brain to see like which parts of their brain are activated when they're reflecting on this situation for which they feel gratitude. Um, and then after scanning, there's a post-scan task and a post-scan um, questionnaire where essentially they were asked um, for each of the situations or yeah, I guess for each of the situations that they read, the first person narratives that they read, they're supposed to answer, um, like, how much did you feel like this gift that was given to you was necessary? Um, how much effort do you feel that the donor had taken to produce the gift, right? So for this hypothetical example with the farmer providing refuge and then his farmland gets burned down because he helped you, um, so like doing a little bit more of analysis as to and digging into how does this make you feel and in analyzing how much was done for you and how grateful, I guess, you are for that gift and that situation. So that's sort of the experimental design where each participant, there were 26 participants in total, underwent this sort of paradigm of scanning where... Um, you know, there was a baseline, there was a beginning section, and then there was um, different situational uh, portions where they would read a first-person narrative, reflect on it, and then say how grateful they were for it. And they would repeat that um, 12 times. Okay. So that's the experimental design. From that, they get the bold signal, so they get like the oxygen level in the brain and they get the gratitude levels. Okay, so now we're gonna get into the results here. Um, if you're following along in the paper, I'm gonna focus on figures five and six. Um, or if you're watching along on YouTube, youtube.com slash at samsplainingsci. Um, it's shown here on the slide. So figure five um, is the results from the imaging study where they wanted to look at which parts of the brain activity is correlated or related to the gratitude ratings. So figure five is an image of the brain where certain voxels um, Voxels, by the way, are, we use that term in medical imaging. You might have heard of the term pixel. Pixels are like little pieces of a picture, right? In medical imaging, we use the word voxel because our pixels, little pieces of our picture, have volume to them. They're three-dimensional. There's an X direction, a Y direction, and a Z direction. So we use the term voxel to imply that it's a volume. 
But anyway, some of these voxels on the picture here or on the MRI themselves are highlighted um, where the brighter yellow voxels indicate a greater positive correlation and the voxels that are more red have less of a positive correlation but still significant positive correlation. And the regions of the brain that are highlighted here include the medial prefrontal cortex or the MPFC and also some pieces of the anterior cingulate cortex, which I think are these little voxels in the middle, closer to the middle, um, but then also the medial prefrontal cortex. Um, both the medial prefrontal cortex and the anterior cingulate cortex are implicated in decision-making, in moral cognition, and in reward pathways in the brain. So it makes sense that these regions are activated and that they're correlated with the gratitude rating because they're, during this time of reflection, they're, they're analyzing the gift that they've received, hypothetically. And so that's like reward pathway, right? And then they're also deciding how grateful they are for this gift. Um, and in moral cognition, for moral cognition at least, it's just sort of being aware of like the gift that they've received and oh, I should be grateful for this um, sort of thing. So I think those regions kind of make sense as far as like why they're active in the brain during this exercise. So that's figure five. Figure six I thought was actually very interesting. Um, for figure six, they divided the, uh, the degree of activity change by the gratitude rating. So remember that in the scanner, the people had to um, reflect on the hypothetical situation that they were given and then rate their gratitude on a scale from one to four. So for figure six, they have one, two, three, four categories. And then within those categories, the situations where people ranked their gratitude a one, they took an average of the change in activity in the medial prefrontal cortex during that reflection period to the person's baseline, essentially. And they found that for situations where people did not feel as grateful, so like one or two rating, they found that there was less change in the medial prefrontal cortex activity compared to baseline. Actually, technically the way that this is written, it looks like there was less activity in the prefrontal cortex, the medial prefrontal cortex, when they were less grateful. And then when they were more grateful, so for example, they rated their gratitude a three or a four, the activity is increased. Um, so in other words, this is not, it doesn't say here if they did like statistical analysis on it, so it might just be a trend level, but basically what they're showing is that the more grateful a person is in a situation, the more activity is going on in their medial prefrontal cortex. Um, it is, I guess, important to point out here that the change is so small. The change from baseline is, is very, very small, so I'm sorry, it's kind of hard to see on the slide, but 
the scale here in the percent signal change is like 0.08%. Um, so less than a tenth of a percentage point. Um, so a really small change, but I think it's still pretty interesting to see this trend of increasing activity in increasing feelings of gratitude. So that's pretty cool. So with these results, the authors claim that by experiencing gratitude by proxy, if you will, um, immersing yourself in somebody else's feelings and experience and then imagining that that's your own experience and, and how grateful you would feel in that circumstance, rating that level of gratitude, um, we activate regions of our brain like the medial prefrontal cortex and the anterior cingulate cortex, which are responsible in moral cognition and decision-making and reward pathways. Um, and it can help us further classify and like better understand how our brains process situations for which we feel gratitude and for which we express gratitude. I wanted to also mention that a couple years after the publication about neural correlates of gratitude, the same group published a review article that's also cited below if you want to check it out, um, where basically they talk about, we know that gratitude is beneficial to us. We know that it, for example, reduces or like people who have regular gratitude practices have less incidence of depression, for example, right? Not that, not that gratitude cures depression, but just that people who tend to be more grateful tend to be less depressed. We know that gratitude has this positive effect on our moods and our well-beings, right? Um, and in this review that's published in 2017 by the same group, they suggested that maybe researchers can be looking into the role of mu opioids, that maybe the mu opioid in our brain is responsible for the positive effects of gratitude that we see in our moods. Um, so mu opioid, you might have heard of the ter term opioid or opiate when it comes to like drugs and painkillers and, and stuff like that. But we actually have opioids naturally in our brains, which we call endogenous opioids. Those are just sort of naturally occurring opioids in our brains. There's three classes of opioids that are in our brains. One is mu opioid, one is delta, and one is kappa. And mu opioids, uh, which are naturally occurring in our brain, have been shown to play a role in stress relief. Um, so studies have shown that mu opioids and their receptors are involved in psychological stress relief and also influence the attenuation of the stress response. So basically regulating the stress that we feel um, in our brains. More recently, mu opioid has also been studied for its role in social bonds as well, which can improve when we regularly practice gratitude towards other people. Um, Right, we kind of talked about that with like the work environment. When we're expressing appreciation and gratitude for the people that we work with, it could build our professional relationships, but this can also be true if we're telling our families and our friends that we appreciate them, it's sort of building bond between them. 
mu opioid has recently been investigated for its role in social bonds and building social bonds. So this article essentially is a review article and bringing together many ideas from many corners of science and saying, well, we know that gratitude makes us feel good. We know that gratitude helps, helps us build relationships with other people. We also know that mu opioids in our brains are relevant to those functions as well. So this review article is basically saying maybe mu opioid is one of the key players in gratitude that make us feel better in our brains. Um, so it's not like an original research article. They don't like plan an experiment and you know recruit participants and all that stuff, but it's basically just saying, here's what we know about gratitude and here's what we know about mu opioids and maybe we can combine these together to get a better idea of how gratitude is directly impacting our brains, which I thought was really interesting. I thought it was very cool. So just a quick little, cute little read for you if you're interested. It's also linked below. Okay, so that is all for question two. Um, hopefully we kind of have a good idea of how gratitude impacts our brains, which parts of our brains light up when we practice gratitude, and then, you know, the potential for future research, future research um, for looking into how, more specifically, our brains process uh, gratitude. Okay, so I think that the big takeaway from this episode is that gratitude is good, right? We talked about how some studies show that regular gratitude practice is associated with improved physical health, um, improved mental health outcomes. It can help build and establish relationships. It can help lower stress. It can help uh, improve the workplace environment. Um, and it is a neuroactive activity, right? It, it tickles our brain when we practice gratitude. Um, so gratitude is good for us. It makes us happy. And in the words of the iconic Elle Woods, gratitude makes you happy and happy people don't just shoot their husbands. Um, so not only is it good for the people around us, it's good for us too. So maybe this episode will inspire you to start a regular gratitude practice, not just on Thanksgiving, but every day or every week or every time you find something that you're grateful for. Just acknowledge it, that you are grateful and you are thankful and you appreciate anything or anyone in this world. Um, like I said, you can start small. You can start with a cup of coffee and say, I'm grateful for this source of caffeine. Um, and then build your way up to a more deep and meaningful gratitude practice. So yeah, that's what I'm taking away from this episode, that gratitude is good Gratitude makes you happy. Happy people don't kill their husbands. All right, that's all for this week's episode. Um, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review the podcast wherever you're listening. And you can also subscribe on YouTube, please. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at SamSplainingSci. So you can connect with me there on social media. Um, you can DM me what you're thankful for. What are you grateful for? I want to hear it. I want to know. I'm nosy. I want to get all up in your business and know what you're grateful for this year. Um, today, even though technically it's no longer Thanksgiving, I still want to know what you're thankful for. So 
let me know. Hit my line. Um, <laughs> you can also ask me questions on social media, as always, and you can submit your questions at samsplainingscience.com slash ask. So if you have anything that you want Sam explain to you, ask away. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I am very grateful for you. Truly. I really, truly mean it. Um, I appreciate the time that you take to listen, to tune in. It means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you learned a little bit. I hope you laughed a little bit and I will talk to you next time. Bye.